The NFL and Northeast Ohio civic leaders refused to provide details of the NFL draft, even though the Cleveland event is just six weeks away. Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Mike O'Malley has again declined to prosecute a police officer on felony charges, this time someone accused in three separate incidents in the May 30th riot, and an investor in Lordstown Motors sues the company, saying it has made false claims about its successes. It's the way up morning news briefing from cleveland.com and the plain dealer for friday march the 19th i'm the editor chris quinn the NFL plans to host the 2021 draft in person in Cleveland starting April 29th. But even with it that close, organizers have refused to provide much detail about how the event will run, how many people can attend, and how they will be protected from the coronavirus pandemic. The league and various Cleveland civic groups involved with the planning have yet to announce anything concrete. The decision by organizers to wait so long to release details before a potentially large event stands in contrast to how it handled previous draft festivities in other cities. When Nashville hosted an estimated 600,000 people for the 2019 draft, organizers rolled out information about performers about three months in advance. David Gilbert, who heads both the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission and the Destination Cleveland Tourism Agency, said organizers would share details early next week. Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Michael O'Malley's office declined to bring felony charges against a Cleveland police officer suspected of using excessive force in three separate incidents during the May 30th protests and riots outside the Justice Center. Assistant Cuyahoga County Prosecutor James Gutierrez wrote in an October letter to the Cleveland Police Department's Internal Affairs Unit that he determined that Officer John Casimir committed no felony offenses in three incidents where he hit one peaceful protester in the back of the legs with a baton, pepper sprayed another in the face, and used his baton to hit a third person who later needed stitches on his head. Gutierrez wrote that city prosecutors who referred the cases to O'Malley's office in July for potential felony prosecution were free to bring misdemeanor charges, including assault and interfering with civil rights, if they determined the charges were warranted. An investor in the Lordstown Motor Corporation filed a federal lawsuit against the electric truck maker Thursday, alleging that it offered false and misleading information about the vehicle and the time needed to get its production started. Matthew Rico filed the lawsuit in U.S. District Court in Youngstown just days after a published report said the company's orders are largely fictitious and used as a prop to raise capital and confer legitimacy. The report, which is cited throughout the lawsuit, says the first test drive of the company's prototype burst into flames 10 minutes after it hit the road. Amid the report, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission launched an investigation into the business. Our data guru and census expert, Rich Exner, is explaining why the pandemic and other challenges last year have caused delays in the reporting of the nation's population, even though a year has passed since we all filled out those questionnaires. Rich says accurately tabulating the nation's population block by block is not as simple as collecting numbers in a spreadsheet and spitting out results beyond problems brought on by suspending field work for months 
since last year. The Census Bureau says any census involves solving anomalies, taking out duplicates, doing editing, and correcting responses that are contradictory. Forms must be checked to make sure people aren't being counted twice or in the wrong place. Did a student fill out a form at a college apartment where he or she should be counted if they're living there while the parents, including that student, on their census forms? That's the kind of thing that the Census Bureau has to fix before they release the results. The primary for the special election to succeed former Representative Marcia Fudge, a Warrensville Heights Democrat, will be August 3rd with the final decision on Election Day, November 2nd. Because the district is heavily gerrymandered, the winner of the primary is nearly guaranteed to win the general election. Secretary of State Frank LaRose says the timeline is basically in line with other recent vacancies, such as when former U.S. House Speaker John Boehner and former Representative Pat Tiber both retired. Tiberi's seat was vacant for 214 days. Boehner's was empty for 219. Fudge's will be open for 229. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. 